0: everybody we're ready to go we're rolling we just run into it like we're jumping on a moving car because i think the longer you wait to get ready the longer it takes to get ready today we're going to tell the story of winter park are you guys ready 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 who knows the story better than you guys the correct so, answer is there's, nobody.
1: A, there's a few people that uh started it before we were ever on the scene
0: yeah yeah well by way of getting into the story can you first tell me a little bit about yourselves as a individuals and as a group Riley? how do you how do you how do you start
1: Um, So I started in the golf industry uh, doing maintenance and then uh, construction and then uh, just fell in love with the sport and then started uh, taking it a little bit more seriously. Uh, Got myself an education, landscape architecture and just kind of self-taught my way up until this point and I've been very, very lucky to have some amazing mentors along the way who have helped guide me Uh, and I think that's probably been the biggest uh, stepping stone for me as far as career-wise. I...
0: I wanted I want to unpack that a little more. So um, before we come over to Keith for a sec, so so you you um, I feel like there's some big decisions in there that you might have glossed over. What what would you say is the biggest one?
1: Going to school. I mean, I was uh, working and um, Dude, I, not working. I was shaping golf courses. Okay. Yeah, so I was, I was building golf courses and in Canada. It's seasonal, so you know you, you, you work hard for six months and then you got six months off, and I was and I would just go traveling uh, for the rest of the year. And then there was always a golf project waiting for me and um, it was pretty good, you know. that School wasn't really on the radar and I was like, I got to a certain point where I was like, I need to take this to another level if I want to get to another level. And so, um, you know, instead of uh, going, say, on a surf trip or going somewhere, uh, traveling, I had to decide to go to a classroom and uh, fork out a bunch of money to get an education. That was a tough decision to make. How old are you at that time? You, I could, was 24.
0: 20 sorry, just pull the mic a little closer. Oh, there. sorry. Yeah, just pivots over there. Yeah. So you were you were 24?
1: Yeah, I was 24 years old, so I was, I was the old guy in class.
0: Right. And you said you already done any college or what had you done? Any high school? No, nope, I was high school. High school, yeah. and then just that was it? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I I could imagine if you're anything like me, I dropped out of high school for me to make a decision to go back, I would need to love it.
1: That's it, right? And um, you know, it's you just gotta be you just gotta be so self motivated. Going to school at a late age, it's not uh, it's not like your parents are making you go like a lot of the people in my class were. Were there because their parents said, go get an education, and they just kind of threw a dart at a dartboard and said, all right, I'm going to go into landscape architecture because I like plants or something. So I was going for a very specific reason, and uh, I had a goal that I wanted to achieve while I was there. Which was? Was be golf course architect.
0: From a shaper? Yeah, exactly. Because that's, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a logical jump, but it's not necessarily simple.
1: No, and it's, it, you know, there wasn't a lot of examples out there as far as guys that had done that route, but, um, you know, I just kind of followed my path organically and just kind of every year just, you know, got, um, you know, got cues from where I was personally in my life and where I wanted to be. And I just kind of followed my gut and my, my intuition said, uh, you know, if you want to take this to another level, you need to get your understanding to another level. And, um, you know, I always knew that. Could I could I self teach myself golf course architecture? I don't know. You know this was this was you know before iPhones and 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 stuff like that. When I was shaping, this was before social media. So I was working on these projects, and you wouldn't hear about them until they the day they cut the ribbon. So it's a different age now, where people know about projects before they even begin. Not right. only that, they can follow along, and there's pictures of people building greens it's like that didn't exist, right? So, um, so who knows, maybe I would be interested to know what my decision process would have been like had social media been around and, and the internet and iPhones and all those things when I first started. Okay.
0: Man, I'm so fascinated. This is such, I've already just like, just fucking fully in on this. Right. <laughs> so, um, first off, I, 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 try to make this podcast for people who might be new to golf and who might not know what the word shaping means. Uh, can you, uh, you can have a sip of water. I can just shoot. I can. If you want to have a glass of water, I can just talk. I mean, Keith. I think Keith should
1: answer the question on, on Shaper.
0: All right. So you know, but then fine, we'll go. Well, we'll we'll come back to what shaping is. But then first, you said uh, you had a um, you, you used an interesting word. It was like you said you had a clue of what you wanted to do, or you got a glimpse of what you wanted to do, or you were getting uh, you were getting like so you 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 had some type of like mystical way of saying that you were seeing through what was happening in your life and what you might want to do.
1: Can you explain that? So you know spending a lot of time in a beach bungalow in the winter time you have a lot of time to self-reflect and i think i had some you know and surfing too i mean i'm, I'm a big believer that surfing and golf have a very spiritual connection when it comes to self-reflection being outside in the in, in nature being uh you know fellowship of, of of passionate you know people that are passionate about the similar um uh you know sport or or, or whatever you want to call surfing and be more of a pastime sort of thing so you know, I had a lot of time in the winters living with one light bulb in a bungalow on an island in Indonesia, for instance, to think about what I wanted to do next summer. What did I want to do with my life? So, you know, you're reading books, you're, you're, you're surfing, you're eating well, and, and you have time for self-reflection. And I think at that point in my life, maybe it's back to the social media thing, you know, there wasn't a lot of distraction. So I had to, I had a an opportunity to really kind of think deep about what I wanted to achieve in my own life and how to go about doing it, and kind of gave myself a little bit of a road map on on achieving that. And then the hard part was actually pulling the trigger and, and, and going for it. So maybe that's most. sorry, going to going, going to university, yeah, yeah, or or you know what decisions, other decisions, you know, you ha- you have to make in, in everyday life because you know if you don't plan your your life a little bit as far as where you want to be, say in a year's time, you're you're, you're kind of Roaming around without a compass, right? So um, maybe Whoa. maybe that's what it was. I don't Whoa. know. <laughs> yeah, that's big.
0: Uh, that's big. You know, because I know a lot of people. Um, you know, listen to this, are probably going through things that are similar to what you went through then, right? How many? How many years? How old are you now? Thirty-five. So eleven years have passed since you made that decision. Exactly. Right. So a lot of people are going through this. Two months two years before making the decision, before making the decision. Yeah. So, you know, what, what I like to really think about is, you know, we're so lucky to have sort of found ourselves for myself, found myself in the golf industry in a place where I'm like, yeah, this is rad. Yeah. You know, uh, but a lot of people are saying, wait, I'm not happy with what I got. I want to get into that.
1: And I think that's a product of, of not discovering who you are, discovering yourself before making a big decision, like going to university, because that's a, that's a four year commitment and it's a lot of dough. Um, and if you make the wrong decision like a lot of people have I've talked to a lot of people are like man I I took the wrong thing or you know and I I took the wrong major and now I'm stuck in a you know I got a bachelor of arts degree you know where my wife calls it a bugger all degree right and and so like maybe that maybe the key is not going and making these big life decisions so early out, out of high school or that early in your life and maybe Maybe everyone should just go travel for a few years, and uh, I think everyone would probably find their niche where they want to be, their passions, and who knows, the world might be a, a much happier place if that was the case.
0: I literally could not agree with you any more about travel. I think, uh, you know, the my favorite thing about travel, and you probably experienced this too, There's I, I can't find a quote that sums it up better, but we don't travel uh, to go out and see the world differently. We travel so that we come returning seeing our home differently
1: or seeing yourself differently. Mm-hmm.
0: Whoa. You just fucking <laughs> boom top dog to top dog quote <laughs> or see yourself differently. Whoa. Yeah. This is a golf podcast You're this is you've gone too far.
1: You led me down this <laughs> yeah, road. Yeah. I, knew, I thought we we're talking about what a shaper was <laughs> yeah. and all of a sudden we're getting deep. deep.
0: <laughs> I love it. Um, so Keith, tell me a little about yourself when you get stuck in an elevator that, you know, for an hour, how, how do you, how do you describe uh, yourself to people?
2: well, I mean different people have different like paths into this industry industry and with mine i never golf wasn't even in the radar i didn't grow up working on a golf course i didn't you know work in the maintenance or anything like that it was just going L- landscapes unlimited was a golf course construction company that was based in lincoln nebraska where i was originally what from. was it called landscapes and Un- unlimited landscapes yeah, so unlimited that's very you- yeah so they're a golf course development company, and they're based in Lincoln, Nebraska. And with that not happening, I would not be in the industry. With them just being located there, because I went and went in to try to get a job, and I got hired on the spot. And how old are you? Uh, twenty-one. And and what prior to twenty-one, what what was Keith's life like? Um, I wasn't going to college. I never. I don't have a degree. Um, I was doing concrete work. <laughs> Building porn place parking garages and uh, flat work. Not terribly creative. Not no not at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I you know I, there was a lot of things I learned to how to run a skid loader, how to learn equipment you know, and that was a big thing. That once I went to the dirt, it was a lot more fun where I could shape and be be a little creative rather than just building forms and parking garages and things like that. So it was almost
0: like you spent the first years of your life like Picasso did copying other things learning
1: technique and then it was like now there's no rules yeah it's, it's but so. think about this gr- grading concrete yeah is a you know you have to get that water to sheet off of a, a sidewalk it's not simil- not that dissimilar from golf i mean it's grading yeah. so maybe concrete taught you you know how to how to how to how to shoot grades and read grades and fine tune grades cuz golf's a game of you know quarter inches
0: whoa I've never thought of a grade being I mean I have to some extent thought of a grade being a decision on a golf course but you're probably talking about things that I'll never notice I'll never notice these things I want to get back to make sure I don't forget the bunker on nine at Winter Park I want to go over that but we'll come
2: back so so okay so you're 21 landscape's unlimited I I get a job uh that next week I pack up everything I drive to Agar South Dakota which is a little small town that they're building a golf course and and then that's just, I just fell in love with it, and I said, "This is what I want to do." It wasn't ever like, you know, I want to be a designer or anything like that. I just want to build a golf and and be creative. And and then, you know, a few few jobs down the road, you hook up with some people, and I meet Bill and Ben, um, Corey Prenshaw Crenshaw, and meet Dave Axland, and you know, who's without, Dave Axland? I don't know who that is. Oh, he's. <laughs> he's he's another he's really the reason that I'm I'm doing what I'm doing and working for them because he saw something in me that I didn't see and he let me be creative and and it's kind of (laughs) it's it's surreal because without that one person giving you the chance and letting you have the freedom it I could have been you know I, I, I probably would have been working on some other design firm or something like that that was you know, building, you know, A, B plus C equals C type golf courses or something like that. And with Cora Crenshaw, they're like, hey, just go out and have fun, build something cool, and we'll come and edit it, and we'll work together, and we'll collaborate. And it's, I don't know, I don't really know how to say it. It's it's really hard to communicate, but I, it's it's been so much fun. And then meeting Riley and, and, and actually having a project on your own, it's like... How does this all happen? <laughs> so, well, we get to we'll get to Winter Park, but I
0: I, I want to build this up. So, so Axland, what's his first name? Keith. Dave Axland. Dave, Dave Axland. So,
2: what did he see in in uh, in you? You know, after Colorado Golf Club, um, that's a Bill and bin design. They had like this little short course that was out in the back that they needed someone to kind of help shape. So they kind of sent me there with Dave. And I didn't know, that was like the first greens I've ever built or anything I ever shaped. And that was the first time I was on a dozer, shaping. And I think Dave looked at me as like so green that I was doing things that maybe the other guys for years have been building golf, have kind of been kind of set in their ways or kind of always going in one direction. And I was just coming at it from a whole new, like, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm just building something cool that I think is cool. And then you got Dave coming and talking to me and saying, well, maybe we tone this down, or we needed to work with this. And he just mentored me, and 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 that's that's what was so cool. He 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 knows so much, and he he was just kind of drawing from my greenhorn, kind of being the new guy out there type energy. And that's it's it's. it's uh, I don't know if I explained him well no, enough, but but in good. the industry, he's just like he's just such a laid-back guy. He did Gothenburg, Nebraska, out there with um, Dan Proctor, so. And both Cor Crenshaw forever so so and then Riley you also were with uh, Bill uh, Bill Cor and Ben Crenshaw.
1: I've been lucky to work with them too yeah
0: and is that how you guys met basically
1: yep yeah. yeah we met in uh, Canada when they came up to do their inaugural course in in uh, in Canada and they needed some some domestic uh, some domestic help and I was very lucky that uh, they reached out and uh, it was a very easy decision to make and uh, yeah that's where Keith and I met
0: so, uh, how many years individually did you guys spend, or have you? Are you spending with them uh, to this point? How, how long has it been?
2: Oh, so I've been with uh, Corp for about twelve years now. So I'm working out at the Sheep Ranch right now, currently with them on Bandon. So. so, whoa, yeah. Sheep Ranch—that's
0: a—that's a, its like Holy Grail yep. in golf world terms. Uh, okay, we'll take that. Yep. How do you define Sheep Ranch to someone who doesn't know? They know what Bandon Dunes is.
2: They might not know what the sheep ranch is. I mean, it's just a—it uh, was just a really cool, laid-back kind of course. I mean, I, 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 that's the only way you can explain it—the most laid-back, choose your own adventure, and just an, enjoy it and have fun with buddies. And and now we have the opportunity to, to kind of still take some of the the contours and the stuff that was there and kind of blend it into the new 18 holes there. So
0: c- could could some critics even call it? Uh, c- is it even a golf course? Is it? Is it actually a golf course?
2: The way it was before, the yeah. What is it? It's a piece of land, but what is it? It's a piece of land with like flags cut into it, and just go out and have fun. I mean, that's... pretty sure
1: that's a definition of a golf course, right? What <laughs> <No.
2: laughs> but but, but uh, m- most golfers
0: would yeah. would find themselves uncomfortable, maybe, or 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 at least being it, they would be. As they walk into the property, or rather as the gate becomes unlocked, right, they would be forced to readdress their definition of golf. Am I right? I mean, no, I I'm, mean I'm, I'm, I'm aware of it. I've actually luckily yeah. never been on the property, so that means I get to experience it for the first time at some point, but it's, 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 it's not even, how many greens are there? It's, there's no holes. It's, it's literally a, a game
1: of horse. Well, you define what you think a golf course is then, and then you start, start the conversation from, from that point.
0: Well, I'm lucky enough to, uh, you know, uh, have seen a lot of different types of golf. So for me, I I can see a golf course, um, you know, in on a sidewalk in India. But you know, I, I I what I'm sort of reflecting on is the idea that Sheep Ranch may be one of the first alternative style golf courses that was well known at least in America. I mean, that that's that's the reason that people would make a destination out of, right? Like, I mean, I. Unfortunately, people don't come to Orlando to play Winter Park, which I disagree with.
1: Right? I don't know, do they? <laughs> well, I did.
0: But anyway, well, whatever. Fine. She branches rad, whatever. We'll we'll come back to it. What I was kind of thinking of is can you can you just explain for people who don't know, like Corin Crenshaw? Like, 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 did it all start with Sand Hills? Did they begin like the new movement of golf that you guys were? basically on the ground floor of as far as giving you skills that would turn into winter park and projects like that.
2: Yeah. I mean, when, when you look at, you know, sand hills really kicked off a movement of these destination courses because, you know, does, if sand hills doesn't happen, does Bandon happen? If Bandon doesn't happen, does Streamsong happen? Does, you know, Cabot Cliffs happen? Does Sand Valley happen? You, you can, in Barn Boogle, you see that kind of domino effect and it shows that, if you build something really good, people will travel to come play it. And I mean, it's without that, then Winter Park doesn't happen because I I wouldn't have the opportunity to learn from Bill and Ben, the the much that I had over the 13 years, 12 years of working with them. So it's, I don't really know how to really explain any of that. There's, there's there's a lot of like, you know, that that's what kind of started you know the the movement of hey, if you build something really cool, people will travel and see it and play it. So
0: we'll we'll come out of that. So, but 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 on the end of it, did you learn anything? Any one thing profoundly, Riley, from from working with them as a team?
1: Yeah, I learned um, that restraint. Is more important than uh, the ability to be able to to do something, right? I think in this day and age we have the technology and the ability and the and the wherewithal to really do anything, right? Engineering-wise, uh, creatively, ca- creativity, creativity, uh, you can do anything you want, and sometimes that isn't the direction you should go. Sometimes uh, pulling yourself back and not doing anything is the right thing to do Um, uh, leaving things alone for instance was something that i learned uh, working with corin crenshaw and tom dope for that matter and you know that is something i will take with me uh, on every project that i that i go to that uh, doing nothing is doing something
2: i think a lot too is knowing what you have and knowing when to walk away and just not overthinking it And and a lot of people will just say, well, that's not right. I'll go work it with a machine. And then by the time you get done, it's it's just washed. It's
1: like, you know, a chef probably is very similar, right? You just keep throwing ingredients at that that stew and it it doesn't make it any better. Some of the best food in the world is just a combination of three ingredients, but perfect portions and calibrated and ratios to give you that perfect tasting whatever. That's like golf, right? If you, if you put too much spices in there, you, you, can, you can ruin the dish.
0: You know, I, I've heard it before. And it's not, I'm, I'm recognizing what you're saying, and I'm, and I'm finding it uh, poignant. Now I'm wondering, why do we want to put so much shit in there? Because like, I've experienced it. I'll be editing a video or having a podcast or whatever it is, and I just want to make it about everything. Why can't I just make it about one thing? Why, why do we do that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I think that's human nature to kind of continually work and tinker and think we're improving or making it better. Uh, sometimes just pulling your head out of it and walking away and getting, you know, and, and, you know, go do something else for a bit and come back with a fresh perspective. And you'll, you'll realize, man, I was, I was going down the wrong tunnel there for way too long. Like, we need to go in the opposite direction with this idea, right? And without that clarity, or without that kind of self-reflection... Um, you know, you can kind of get yourself, put some horse blinders on and you can, you can be doing work that really isn't achieving anything. Hmm. So I don't know why we and, do And it. there's, I
2: mean, there's something you made a point there too. It's, you know, there's a lot of times I might get stuck on something shaping on different things. And then Riley might too. And then we're like, Hey man, I'm stuck. Why don't you hop on this, work on this for a little bit. I'm gonna go somewhere else. So it's that collaboration of like still putting your ego aside and letting someone else work on your, your work for a little bit and then coming back and then realizing like it got way better yeah, <laughs> because of that. So
1: yeah, yeah sometimes what's the what's the Bob Ross quote about there's no such thing as mistakes, only yeah. happy accidents, happy right? Accidents. <laughs> and that's kind of it yeah. like sometimes yeah. you need randomness to happen. You need to shake that etch a sketch or turn it upside down and just kind of see what comes out of it to kind of reinvigorate that inspiration that you need to, to maybe give that spark that you originally had for that concept or that creative thought. I think sometimes you, yeah, I think, I mean, creativity, I mean, you go down a rabbit hole in just that whole conversation of where that comes from. But, right. you know, I think in golf, um, you can definitely overcook things and uh, get too creative Yeah. and there's consequences to that. Um, and I think we're, we you've obviously played courses where you've seen that you may not have been able to, you know, put your thumb exactly on what it is that you didn't like or what you're seeing or what it, what kind of. You know, didn't fit your eye or fit the feel of the golf course, but that may be a reason uh, for it. Just like why a certain dish didn't fit your palate. It could have just been overcooked. Right. Yeah.
0: It's funny you know, hearing you talk about the Bob Ross thing, because I used to love that show as a kid. Did you guys love that? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny now as I sit here and think about maybe as an outsider looking at your careers now and, you know, you're individually and together... It's like you guys growing up watching Bob Ross, well, like, of course you'd be golf course architects. Like, you're just building happy little parks where people have a purpose and a chance to, like, communicate.
1: Imagine that guy was a golf course architect. <laughs> <laughs> right?
0: Bob Ross. He could have. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, and, and it's just like, what a great show. Like, yeah. I mean, I would love to see that reimagined as, like, a golf course architect. Put a happy little bunker here. And yeah, like, yeah. it could be really funny. Yeah. You
1: know? Teaching kids how to draw golf holes and all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then the randomness idea, you know, um, I, I, I frequently am, I, I, I'm so grateful that a lot of my job consists of, I mean, this conversation is entirely random, right? There is, there is, I, I'm sure I have a little idea of, you know, well, I introduced it. I said, we're going to talk about the story of Winter Park, but I didn't know we were going to talk about Bob Ross. I didn't know we were going to talk about, you know, surfing or, I mean, I don't know what we're about to talk about in a minute. So, you know, it's like, I really thrive on that and I would imagine that, in your line of work it's probably difficult to find that maybe because you've got a lot of entities that all care very deeply from the guy walking by who's like this is my town at least in the winter park scenario from what i heard and then you've got whew, i mean just so many people can you can you talk about how hard it might be to have those happy accidents in a thing like Absolutely
1: you do? that's i mean i i think about this all the time when when i'm thinking about golf course architecture because what is golf course architecture right you're trying to create an adventure on a landscape right and you're trying to manufacture a landscape sometimes and how do you infuse randomness into something when the human brain is programmed to like see patterns and symmetry and rhythm and like that's how we're, we're wired right so how do you how do you dislodge that 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 inherent ability to constantly see these patterns and 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 break it down and dissect it into going okay i need to like get random here well if you if you have just planned to get random it's no longer random you know what i yeah. mean like so it's like how do you do it right and so how do you switch your brain off and and so that is what what keith and i talk about all the time is like you know this looks like human a human touched it, it looks like we tried to make something random and that's a failure well in our eyes yeah but i mean maybe most maybe we look a little bit too deep into it but I've always wondered if, if you know, like there's that Alistair McKenzie quote about, uh, you know, how do you, you know, about hiring the village idiot to tell him to make it flat, right? That makes the best greens. You've heard that, right? I haven't heard it. Oh. So I thought you were going to say Someone asked about... him, you know, how do you build the best golf greens or whatever? And they said, well, hire the village idiot and ask them to make it flat. And I think what he's saying because is... Because they won't be flat. Exactly. Right? Because <laughs> it's random. You don't know what you're going to get, Right. And so I think there's something there. I don't know what it'd be. It'd be a fun thing to, to talk with someone that's in the, you know, into the human mind and all that on how do you achieve randomness when you're completely hardwired to avoid it?
0: Yeah. In this day and age, it's, uh, we have maps in our phone. We have uh, calendars. The, 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 it's, it's hard to invite randomness into every, any part of your life, much less what I'm saying again is yeah. like you guys paycheck depends not on randomness they are looking for a very specific outcome.
1: I don't know. I I don't know if sometimes they they have a pre, maybe clients have a preconceived notion or clubs have preconceived notion of what they think their golf club should look like, but it may be completely different on what they're, what what they actually do like. Right. And so there's a disconnect there too. But I think the point was, is like, you know, nature's random. Nature's got chaos going on. Nature's got, You know, it's it's constant destruction and growth happening and you got, you know, whether that's a mudslide or a volcano or, you know, a tsunami or whatever. It's in a constant phase of flux and that's what's created this landscape and that's what's created this wilderness, right? And we're always trying to tame wilderness, but in golf, wilderness is actually the attractive quality. So how do you study what wilderness is and try to achieve it? I mean, I've looked you know I've gone on hikes and stuff like that to go look at how water erodes hillsides to see w- what a natural looking eroded feature looks like and then I try to mimic that in our shaping work so it looks believable that it was eroded by nature sort of thing so it's stuff like that
0: you're drawing a happy little erosion path <laughs> right right because on some level i mean you know you're not going to make the old course the course is
1: not going to make itself right because it's so random, that place is like the most random place on planet Earth, right? <laughs> yeah, for exactly. golf, so it's like, how, how do you tell build the best I... golf course in the world? Hire the village idiot and tell him to learn him to run a dozer and right. just see what you get.
0: <laughs> how, do you, how do you make the best golf course? On Earth? Send out five hundred sheep for five hundred years <laughs> and then invent a game around it.
1: Yeah,
0: yep. yeah. It's funny, yeah, because like, I mean, on some level, you guys are, you know, you're you're basically you're you're painting, right? And you're saying, well, this is where this should go, and this is where that should go. How often do you? Is there not not a headbutting, but how often do you find yourself? Um, yeah, it's it's not a political question I want to ask, but it's kind of more like how often do you find yourself? Um, jeez, uh, I don't know the question. It, it, what I kind of wanted to ask was like like needing to justify a decision that you believe in. How do you find yourself doing that very often, or is it a pretty safe place?
1: Yeah, I mean, hole six, Winter Park. You know, we, we don't always agree on, on everything. Mm. And, um, you know, we, we have to, <clears throat> you know, obviously you justify it to yourself in your own mind, right? That makes you believe, you know, that's why your opinion, but then, and then it's my job to convey that and articulate why I think it's correct to Keith. Mm. And he needs to convey and articulate to me why he thinks I'm wrong. And there's no right answer in this whole debate. So the funny part is, is, we're debating something that doesn't have an answer, but yeah. it's it's intuitive debate back and forth, gut feeling type kind of debate, and um, that's why I enjoy working with Keith. I think we're able to have these kind of discussions and debates, and 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 walk away from it, um, you know, still being friends and, and realizing that um, perhaps the the change in direction of that thought that I originally had. May improve the golf course for the better, and I just can't see it, and, and and I'm and I'm okay with it. So I think I think yeah, I think what you're what you're asking, I think is, uh, you know, how often do we agree or disagree on things that may not have an answer, and and all the time, <laughs> every every feature, That's every probably good, yeah, it is, right?
0: Let's uh let's take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll get into the story of Winter Park and some of the details like you mentioned, of the sixth hole, which I'm fascinated by. I'm also fascinated by some other things about it. So, uh, everyone, come right back. We'll we'll be right here. All right, everybody. Got a quick word here from Precision Pro Golf. The makers of award-winning golf rangefinders is offering their best deal of the year exclusively to listeners of the Eric Anders Lang Show. That's right, my listeners, you, literally you. If you're listening to this right now, I'm talking to you, at you, on behalf of you, no, on behalf of Precision Pro, but but I'm speaking to you with my voice, as you can tell. Back to the script. My listeners are getting the absolute best deal on the rangefinder that my golf spy said is the best value rangefinder on the market. So right now, the NX7 Pro Slope Rangefinder is on sale for $40 off in celebration of a certain golf tournament in Augusta, Georgia, which I am actually mere minutes away from but it's even better for my listeners. Check it out because you're going to get the Precision Pro and you're going to get $10 extra off. If you type in uh, Eric at the promo code is E-R-I-K. So that's $50 off. So if you do the math, which some of you are good at, I know some of you are not. I also know that. So by that math, that means that our listeners can get the NX7 Pro Slope for $50 off at precisionprogolf.com. I did already do that math for you. So that was a bit of a I kind of did the work for you there. Sorry. It's the beginning of the golf season for most of the country, and now is the perfect time to add a rangefinder to your bag. Um, Personally, I've been using the NX7 Pro Slope for a while now. Um, It's kind of nice because you can tap it, and then it just finds the stick. You can also use it on bunkers or trees, which obviously both of the things you do not want to hit. So, In that case, you're trying to avoid those obstacles, so hit it longer or shorter than the number that the NX7 Pro Slope gives you. Obviously, that's course management. That's not, uh, that's not where we, we don't really get into that topic very much. But anyway, the NX7 Pro Slope comes with the industry-leading Precision Care Package that includes, check this out. This is actually the best deal. It includes free lifetime battery replacement services, a two-year warranty, and all the features that golfers want, like slope-adjusted yardages and pulse vibration to let you know when you hit the flag. Go to PrecisionProGolf.com to add the best rangefinder to your bag today. Swing with confidence, hit more greens with Precision Pro Golf. All right, everybody. Got a great read for you here. It's printed in text with red and bold, so you know it's legit. It comes from DraftKings. All right, everybody. The first major of the year is coming up, and even though the green jacket is reserved for the winner, I don't know. You might say hopefully it's not Patrick Reed. I I think he's a great guy. Come at me. Come at me with that. He picked me up on a driving range in a golf cart with a smile, and then the next time I saw him, he remembered me. Maybe that's because you would say he has no friends. But anyway, the big cash prizes don't have to be reserved only for the winner with $4 million. That's all caps and bold. How do I make it sound like it's like that? $4 million up for grabs. There's no better time to try one-week fantasy golf at DraftKings! Plus, when you enter code ERIC, E R I K, all caps in bold, You can play underlined risk-free bold with a hyphen for $1,000,000 top prize. For the $1,000,000 top prize. Bullet point one. One One-week fantasy golf at DraftKings is easy to play. Bullet point two. Just pick six golfers before the tournament tees off and then sit back, get hammered. Wait, it doesn't say that at all. And follow the action as you rack up points for birdies, finishing position, and more. Exclamation point. Bullet point three, to celebrate golf's first major, DraftKings is offering a, underlined, italicized, and bold money-back guarantee. (laughs) Just enter cold capitals uh, bold code, capitals bold Eric, E-R-I-K, that's my name, that's the show you're listening to, in case you got completely lost since I started reading this ad, which I am apparently 58% of the way through. Uh, Enter the code ERIC during sign-up, and if you don't win money in your first contest, I will. What will I do? No. DraftKings will give you your money back. Whoa. Actually, that's actually a really good deal. Hold on. To celebrate golf's first major, DraftKings... i got to read this again. DraftKings is offering a money-back guarantee. Just enter code ERIC during sign-up, and if you don't win money in your first contest, DraftKings will give you your money back. That sounds like a no-lose situation, Colt. I'd agree. You can't lose. Wait. Wait. Does it say if you lose money, they'll give you your money back? Can you lose money on DraftKings, David? You can. But if you don't win, they'll give you your money back. That's an incredible deal. It's probably for the Masters only. It's the Masters only. Yo, get in, get in. Get your heads in check, ladies and gentlemen, cuz here's the call to action, which is all capitals and bold with a colon after it. <laughs> 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 oh, we're in Augusta and I'm reading this and we're live. Download the DraftKings app or go to draftkings.com before tee off on Thursday, April 11th. Oh my God, you guys have nine days. No, nope, eight days. Well, by the time you hear this, seven days. Six days? You have no time. Select your golfer's exclamation point. Use code ERIC at sign up and play risk free in your first contest. And be sure to enter the Fantasy Golf Millionaire. For a shot at the one million dollar top prize. You could literally become What's the guy's name? What's the actor's name? Come on. It's the spy who shagged me. One million dollars. I can't do that. Dr. Top prize. Doctor Evil. If you would, you could renter to become Dr. Evil. That's the code, Eric, to play risk-free in your first contest only at DraftKings. Now, hang on a second, guys. I got something to read, which is italicized, bold, and it's in red. That means that I absolutely have to read it. Minimum $5 deposit required. Refunds will be processed by April 16th. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, what is not written on this page is please do not ask me who I think is going to win the Masters because I obviously have no idea, and I don't entirely care. I'm just looking for a close ride down the stretch. Hopefully it's Sergio or Patrick because I think it's funny when everyone hates the winner. But on a more serious note, folks, I'm going to end this ad right now, and maybe you're grateful. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Either way, it's over. That's it. Totally over. Anything else you guys want to add to the ad? Get it? Add, add to the ad? let's get lunch. All right, folks, you know, my favorite golf shoe, don't you? I think you do. It's three stripe life y'all. And that means Adidas. Um, and so anyway, I just wanted to tell you that when I, I, am I'm, I'm a big fan of the tour 360, obviously. And, uh, they've made a huge update to the tour 360 and, uh, the, the, Two letters that it's concerned with are the letters X and T. Okay. The Tour 360 XT changes the game. Okay. It's lighter. So your feet feel even better after a round. By the way, a light golf shoe is what I'm all about. A heavy, there are some other companies making heavy golf shoes. And I'm just like, by the way, I weigh enough. There's enough going on. I'm carrying a golf bag. I'm carrying my team. Um, Tor XT changes the game. It's lighter, so your feet feel even better after a round, and it still features that boost, y'all. Do you know where boost comes from? It And boost is cool because it only comes in black and white. I don't know if you noticed that. And actually, they the guy who made boost like was going to bring it to some other, you know, they, they were shopping it around. And everyone else said no. Adidas was like, I'll take that boost, even though it's only black and white. And what did Adidas do with it? They made it awesome. I'm looking at boost right now on my feet boost on my feet uh, and it has an x-shaped traction system that gives you insane stability literally it's not sane it's literally crazy your feet will literally be like i'm crazy best part it comes in spikeless Ooh, that's tight the first spikeless ever in the history of the tour 360 crazy comfortable and perfect for the course get your pair at adidas.com thank me later follow adidas golf for all the latest and greatest that's all true statements right there check it out go support adidas because they're a good company good people i like it Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy. And we have a podcast called Dumb People Town, where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. All right. Thanks for not uh, turning the podcast off completely. We're still here. We're going to talk about Winter Park. Uh, Keith. Like, back us into what Winter Park is, because there's a lot of... There's people listening right now, maybe in Azerbaijan, who literally have no idea what Winter Park is.
2: Well, Winter Park is a golf course that's basically at the very end of the city there. Um, Park Avenue runs right into it, and it's got street lined. I mean, every hole almost has a street connecting it and touching it. Rail Railway, church, cemetery. I mean... You know, i think tom Coyne said you know this is might be the closest like golf course that i've seen here in the states to scotland i think he's he said that numerous times and that's a big compliment to 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 compare those two when you're in winter park florida <laughs> so. it's uh yeah we're in a sort of
0: a suburb of orlando um and yeah i mean i guess uh, i want to hear riley's definition as well i for me winter park is kind of uh it's it's a hipster nine, and I hate to say that, but it kind of is. I, I don't like the word hipster, but but, it, but what it's cool about Winter Park, since I knew about it, which was obviously after you guys had your, um, you know, say, you know, your your opportunity to voice your opinion about it, to to work on it really, uh, was, you know, it's the it's this communal place. Like I know Machinell is there, and he's talking about it, and it's a story, and it's an idea of how basically kind of urban golf can thrive. Um, municipal. Am I right? It's a municipal golf course, mm-hmm. which I mean, man, I don't, I don't really need many words after the word municipal to get down, right? Like I'm good. Uh, so what do you, how do you, how do you kind of uh, picture w- Winter Park?
1: So right? when we first were getting uh, interviewed by the city for the job, and I, and I think the, how we got the job is how we kind of defined what we thought Winter Park was. Because it wasn't hipster <laughs> when we were there. It was like a bunch of senior citizens playing golf, probably not even pl- paying. You know, the grass was dead. Like the place was just, you know, dilapidated beyond. Like it was gone. Like it was not even a good park. And it didn't function even as a it park. Didn't yeah. function as a park. Not like, even a lawn. It like wasn't even- <laughs> not even yeah. a lawn. Like they didn't even have that part going for it. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It's hilarious actually, but. You know, when we first got interviewed by the city and they asked us, you know, what our vision was for it. And we said, you know, we don't see this as a golf course. We see this as a community park with pin flags, And I think that's what got us the job. How
0: did you come up with that idea?
1: I don't know. (laughs) Because
0: it is really brilliant. And it's now something that people are echoing across the world. Well,
1: I mean, you know, part of our job is to do, you know, what you call site analysis or research or due diligence. What are you going to call it? I mean, we went and hung out there and watched people for days. We interviewed people, we asked people, you know, that lived nearby there. You know, we got the whole a, a collection of, of of thoughts and ideas on the place, right? Not just the space, but the place. And we wanted to know what it meant to them. And we got all sorts of different opinions and we had a we had a book mm-hmm. that we were writing all our thoughts down and, and we and we just kind of kept filling the pages. And then, and then after we took a break, we took a, you know, got, got, got ourselves out of our creative process to, and went back to that book. And that's kind of what we had written was, this isn't a golf course. This is a community space, a hub. It's an outdoor community center with pin flags. And that, that's just, we, we wrote that down as our mission statement. And we kept, we kept checking ourselves at the door every time we're, we're shaping something or building something or designing something We'd, we would have to bounce it off this mission statement or thought of this is community park, golf is second. And so as long as we kept doing that during the creative process, we would uh, we would be true to uh, what we promised to the city. And we'd also keep ourselves on track, which I think is the most important part.
0: It sounds, I mean, I, I've now played it twice in the last week, and I just want to go back there right now and play again. Cause I'm remembering now as a, I, I feel like I'm lucky enough to have a new version of it for me, right? I feel like I'm lucky to have never seen it prior. In some ways, uh, I feel like I'm lucky to know that feeling of walking, like you know, walking up every hole. There's a feeling of, um, you, you know, that feeling that you get sometimes when you're when you're walking around playing golf, and um, you just feel very light. You know what I mean? Like like. Um, and it could be a combination of breeze and weather and sun and life facts and you know realities of the day. It could be, but I don't know if it is entirely. I mean, there's a, there's a strange, um, there's a strange sense of peace that happens there, and, and I and I and I'm trying to wonder if it's part of the physical. Like like there's there's a strange there's a strange juxtaposition that happens at Winter Park that doesn't happen in many places, right? You've got a series of holes, nine right? You got par four, par three, par five, par five, two par fives in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Par five, par four, par four, par three, three, par three. four, par three, three par four. 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 Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and whatever, 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 right there, there. And, but, but at the same time, you've got this, like, like undulations, these, these, these natural movements that occur with the boundary of a sidewalk and a road and trees and buildings and houses. And there's this, like, beautiful kind of like it's almost like the 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 mall in dc right there's this like patch of grass that's meant for play in inside of what really kind, i'm surprised it's not that they, they didn't turn into housing
2: it, it, there was a point it was <laughs> really it was going to be condos i yeah. mean the, oh. the 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 mayor what was it, the mayor before before yeah, yeah said you know we're, we're purchasing this from the family that owned the land before and yeah. making sure locking in yeah, they it put a moratorium been, on yeah. on
1: development of the land so the city so the mayor previous to this city the mayor had uh, the foresight to see that as a community asset maybe they didn't know what they wanted to do with it but they saw it as a community asset and in order to first start the discussions on well what should we do with this acreage of land we need to first protect it right and then we can decide so the the most critical step, and that's what I say at the beginning of the podcast, how we were the first ones in there. Hmm. This mayor was the one that started it. Uh, he, he said to, he made it clear to the community that this golf course, or this park, or this green space is here to stay, and we can decide what we want to do with it later. But we're going to put a moratorium on development because that the value of the land is just through the roof. It's bonkers, right? And yeah. and that's a very that's a very tempting carrot to dangle in front of a city, right? And then of course you know people go, wow, golf isn't profitable there's no value to it it's only for the rich it's for the elite it's you know blah 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 it's a dying sport or it's you know it's it's losing its numbers and participation but this mayor was the one that started it really so i mean i think he is owed the you know the the, the biggest nod for for seeing the foresight he really laid the groundwork for what winter park is now
2: yeah
0: did i meet him on uh no it's as the mayor he's Brian. uh
1: he's done now but um yeah. I mean, that's how long some of this stuff takes, right? It's a, it's a, you know, a lot of people come up to us and ask, like, I got a winter park in my town. I want to do this. How, you know, how do I start? And it's like, you, you need someone with the vision and the foresight to first, first define that space as a protected spot. And it's not. You know, up for grabs, and that—that's the first. That's the kind of the first uh, step.
2: And then you need a leader like Steve Leary, which is Mm. the mayor that got the project kicked off to do invest in the golf course. Mm. Without him, none of
1: us would Mm. even be here talking about Winter Park. And that's the thing. Like, you can go from so he carried the ball, right? That the last mayor passed the ball to him. He could have then said, "I'm gonna." get rid of this caveat on this land and I'm going to develop a chunk of it or a little well, piece of it. We're but... losing money. We're yeah. like
2: we yeah. need to figure out some right. other way to make yeah. money and like sell yeah. a portion of it off here and
1: yeah. so sometimes yeah. these long-term plans, especially in a municipal realm, you know, it takes a couple of different political cycles for it to get through to the end, but in the in the long run it's, you know, it's the right thing to do and it's so easy to just cash in or you know, pass it off as you know, this golf course isn't making money. It's going to cost too much to, you know, bring up to speed or it's, you know, uh, the land's too valuable for us to, to uh, give up an opportunity to put some condos on there because we could lower taxes or whatever they want to use. So it was really good for them to both be on the same page and, uh, and have the political wherewithal to, to get this thing to the, to the end zone.
0: So it's a difficult road that Winter Park tra- 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 traversed. It was yeah. really, you know, you don't. You, I don't quite realize all of that when I when I when I step on the property. And I'm like, cool, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is which is uh, it's sort of uh, it's kind of uh, funny. You know, you don't, it's it's like having a friend who's a refugee, and you're like, cool, good to see you. What do you want from Starbucks? They're like, I don't know. I'm glad not to be getting shot <laughs> at in my home country. <laughs> right, yeah. I can never go back there. You know, golf yeah. is uh, is a refuge, a refugee kind of thing. But no, but I, so, but you know, you guys, I want you to talk a little bit about the, the place and, and the vibe, it, not the vibe, you know, that's like, I'm sure you heard that word a lot because Winter Park is super vibey, but like, I was trying, to, I don't think I did a great job of describing the experience of the course itself, you know, like with, without having visuals on this podcast, right? You, you look at it from above and it's almost like, it's a very strange shape. There's like, there's like a couple holes that border each other similar to, um, you know, the old course, right? The, the loop aspect. One two eight nine, and then there's like this other that kind of wraps around a cemetery, which is very sort of beautiful. Um, and and but it, but it, but I wanted you guys to talk about it from an architectural perspective. It has very unusual aspects to it, probably that I don't even realize, like the dimensions, the dimensions of the course itself, like the width. Like I, I don't really realize like what's what how that actually
2: plays a role in the experience of being on the course. Can you can you talk about that a little well, bit? I think that's one thing that really helped us because when we first got the project that was one less thing we had to focus about we weren't thinking about rerouting the golf course so we could focus in okay we know where the greens are we know what the distance if we can push a little bit and gain some more distance in the course but that that that's a huge thing i mean that that would be a huge rabbit hole to go on like Hey, let's reroute this or something like that. But we were locked in with the streets. So we tried. We tried yeah. to reroute yeah. it. Right. We yeah. just kept hitting yeah. dead ends. Yeah. We're
1: like, yeah. I don't think this is reroutable other than just reversing it. Yeah.
0: And why was that dirt deemed to be not better? The routing? Uh, reversing. Why did reversing well, it not make it?
1: Um, you know, there was some some corners that you got yourself. You're just weren't really improving the golf hole yeah. in, any, in any way. And you know it wasn't so much that we reverse but just there's that one pocket of land there yeah. uh, you know uh, five, 5 6, six seven. and 7 we're like yeah it'd be great just to get a different angle out here you know there, there, there's a lot of holes going in certain directions it would be great to get some different angles maybe playing along the the train tracks we messed around with some routing to do that and we just we just kept we just kept mapping our ways into corners and stuff like that cuz you the constraints like Rubik's Cube. the constraints are crazy yeah. right like, like where where else are you? Do you have a straight line as your edge, right? A curb, you got yeah. a street, you got then a rail line, and so, the flexibility to, to, to maneuver golf holes around was really packaged up, and there was nothing we could do with it.
0: When you talk to your colleagues in in this art golf architecture world, what do they say after they go to Winter Park?
1: They, I mean, for the for the for the people that are in the industry and they know what it takes to build a golf course and to get one off the ground for the first place first they're blown away that we're able to work with a municipality a city that's
0: unusual that's probably happened how many times in america i know it's just less than 10
1: it's a burdensome process they don't make it easy to for for creative people and artists to do what artists do right there's a lot of bureaucracy and red tape and and hurdles and and they paperwork and like man it's just it's just never ending and you're like well is this really even worth it right and so did you get to that point
2: when we know, got the contract. Yo, know, man. <laughs> should have seen the contract oh, they threw at us. We, we were like,
1: we're going to write a two-page or something so and yeah, say, like, we yeah. cool with this? And yeah. then, boom, 110 100, pages. Yeah, 110? Yeah. thing was crazy. Yeah. yeah.
0: How but, long did it take you guys to go back and forth? I
1: what? couldn't get through the two pages. Yeah. You know, all that yeah. insurance oh, lawyer lingual. I'm like, I don't yeah. even know what language Do you guys is. have a lawyer? <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah. not a golf course lawyer. I mean, it's like, <laughs> no one knows what that word. But basically, we had someone read it for us, and they said, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't sign that. <laughs> yeah. Really? yeah, they're like basically you're taking on full responsibility if anything goes wrong.
2: But at the same point, I mean, they're trying to protect their citizens, and, and sure. we understood. And
1: yeah, and you something know, some... goes wrong,
2: like a sewer line breaking, oh, or I
1: like mean, anything.
2: Anything. So mm-hmm. so also That's big. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And also on top of it, they required us to bond the project. So my company, when KCR Contracting was the contractor, was the face of of the that side of the construction thing and the contract went through me so i had to bond the project so they're like well we need to bond it for this amount so you need to have collateral so i my house retirement everything and i i said wait yeah you so if it went bad hang on did you just
0: say that you built a golf course for a community and in order to be able to get someone to agree to let you do it you had to Offer up your house.
2: Well you have to have bonding. So they yeah. that protects the city. More so, like are they the other way around. Yeah. For
1: them to agree to for us to do it.
0: Yeah, for them to agree, you basically had to say, Hey, if I
2: mess up, you can have my house. Yeah. I said, Riley, uh, if this goes bad, I'm moving into <laughs> yeah. with your place, that's you right. know? <laughs> that's the
1: that's the benefit <laughs> of working also, in Paris. You gotta you got a backup closet to live in. So my wife
2: was she said go for it and really and, yeah. We
1: she had said, some insurances yeah. from the city. I mean this was kinda like they're like, Hey, here's a giant boilerplate legal document, we're sorry. They like, give it to us and apologize sort of thing and say, you know, this is just, this is the city. We're, they're risk adverse. It's how it works. I said, but we're, you know, we're working with you because we partnered with the city essentially on this, yeah. which is also very rare. And that's another thing that our colleagues yeah. can't believe that like, how did you get the city to agree to do a joint venture, uh, you know, on their golf course at, on their own property? Yeah. And we said, well, you know, we, we were, you know, we said to them, look, you want to save a million bucks on this? Why don't you take on some of the responsibility? And they're like, oh, that's yeah, weird. Yeah. No one's ever yeah. come up with us and said something like that. Can
0: you, can you explain that a little more? Like, what do you so mean? Typically, what, what responsibility?
1: So, like, you can contract that whole job out.
2: Okay. Turnkey. Right? Like, yeah. they could have handed the, the keys to us and then sent all their workers home, like the maintenance crew. All the maintenance crews would lose their jobs at that time. Because there's
1: nothing to maintain, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, because there's currently people out there once a week or whatever. Yeah. There's, there's, four there's four people. so yeah. oh, there was jobs. already yeah. golf course maintenance coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, got it, got it, it, it. the
2: maintenance guys were there. So we
0: just Department said, hey, of Parks and Recreation, yeah. Yeah.
2: let's work together. You guys help us build it, and then now those guys are the guys that are still there maintaining it right now, mm. and they take so much pride in in that golf course because they helped build it. Okay, <laughs> so the city was interested in just washing their hands of the project entirely. They
1: always are. That's the risk yeah. adverse. They, that way, they they're, they're not responsible, any responsible for anything if it goes south or something. Is that
0: Beth Page? It's not Bethpage. I mean, Bethpage some... was
1: done so long ago. That was a little bit more of a stimulus project than anything. Uh-huh. Um, you know, this one was like, you know, in a in a in a in a normal situation, what would have happened was we would have got the contract to build the golf course, and we would have to buy all the materials, you know, all the fuel, all the equipment, all the labor, you know, everything that goes into the golf course, and we would mark it up for a profit margin, right? Right. So every, every time that we'd have to purchase something, we would be making money on it. And we're not in there.
0: And are you doing a request? Are you doing a, um, what do you call that?
1: Um, Yeah, we have to put everything up for tender and, 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 you know, there's a bidding process and there's just, there's a lot going on there where that's not what we do. We're more the artists. We're not really the, you know, we're not contractors where we're, we're making money on buying irrigation components, getting kickbacks. We're not getting kickbacks. We don't, we don't care about that. We care about the product. We said to the city, look, why don't you guys buy the irrigation system and the drainage and, you know, everything that goes into your golf course. It's your Why don't golf you course. you guys become the construction company and we'll manage the team? We will facilitate everything right. in a way that is, is in the city's benefit. And we'll advise and wouldn't yeah. get you a better price or whatever. No, I mean, we're, we we weren't even, that wasn't our shtick. We were there to, to physically do the artistry work, right? Not buy the paint and the canvas and you know, all that stuff. We were there to, to, to do the actual painting and we didn't want to get bogged down in, in too much of the business component of it. And but, so we suggested to them, well, why don't you take on that responsibility? You'll save a ton of money doing it that way, you know, which is good for the taxpayers money going into this golf course. And it takes it off our plate.
0: But you know, I guess to be devil's advocate, why didn't you just get that bread? I mean, you know, like I'm just curious. Well, well
1: you got to float the project. Like, where are you? Yeah. Gonna, where are you going to get three million dollars to to pull this off? Because okay. you need some capital. You need some. You need some dough to to to, to begin that.
0: You know? And at that point, it was like, you know what, you, you guys were more interested in just getting it done.
1: No, I'll, I'll give you. An, I'll give you an example. So during the recession, uh, right before the recession, I was doing. I worked for a golf course uh, contracting company, and he was doing that. He was purchasing all the materials, all the sand for the bunkers sand for the greens all the pipe everything you need for a golf course you know tacking on his, his his bread for it and then the then the whole economy fell through oh. and the and the company declared bankruptcy now this guy's sitting on you know a million dollars worth of material <laughs> and labor and housing and equipment and fuel and the list goes on and on yeah. and it, sink, it sinks you
0: so you just didn't want to put yourself out there like that no. it just didn't make sense right now no. it might at some point
1: no I'll, I'll it, I'm it, not that's not it never will no, we're, we're, we just want to stay in the art, artisan capacity and just do the creativity stuff. But, um,
2: but I mean, also, the money that we save by not taking that got us more sand so we could build more cool stuff. So if we're not taking that extra bread, like you say, we're, we're putting it into more things that we can purchase and build a course better. So like the putting course. Right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. the back nine.
1: Yeah. That yeah. whole golf course was built for $1.2 $1.2 2, That's the other thing I call it. Relative think, to what?
0: I have no three, relative three understanding. Three and a half? Three
1: and a half. Was what, the closest other person came in, though? No way. Who
2: was that? Well, we won't say names.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, also,
2: <laughs> they could have thrown in, I mean, irrigation is where it gets really expensive. And if someone would have got a hold of that, a designer, different designer, would have probably put, what, probably another 100 heads in that golf course? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so
0: do you guys you know i was just we did a big thing over in la at roosevelt this is my favorite nine in la kind of a hilly track uh, and they're closed it now for about it's been about sec- seven months or so and they're putting in recycled water are you guys on is that is, is that the same situation here in florida i know we've talked to people in florida and then water is a bit of an issue what do you guys do
1: it's a bit issue everywhere and yeah i mean if there's an opportunity to use effluent water. Um, you know, it, it, there's two things that go on there. Um, you're taking storm surge or storm water out of, you know, this, this, the, the system, uh, the, the, of, of, a municipal of an urban setting. And, and then the second part is, is you're not using potable water or, or clean water to irrigate grass. So you're kind of killing two birds with, with one stone and I think water is going to be one of the biggest pressing is- pressing issues in golf moving forward. And I'm, I'm, I think it's fantastic. I think that's to the future.
0: Yeah. And so, what's what's Winter
1: Park on? They're well. they they had a well on site. Um, there's a lot of water. the water table there is is, is very shallow. Um, all, so, all of Florida. Yeah. So you can access it. So yeah. so um, so yeah. It's it's just well water. Um, we had to upgrade the pump station. Uh, but what we did at Winter Park, who's Don Mahaffey of the Greenscape Methods, who did the irrigation design there, he uh, he designed a system that was very lean and mean, so to speak, where instead of trimming out, which means uh, having irrigation heads on the outer outer side of the golf hole shooting in okay uh, he had a the big dog in the middle hunting and hitting it going out so he was spraying from the inside out
0: which is less piping it's, it's instead probably of from third, the outside in less heads pipe.
1: less pipe less material less, less copper water. wire less water so yeah.
0: how much is the irrigation if you got 1.2 what I mean can you tell me what is the what does the irrigation I come for, to?
1: i forget how much yeah, how much in general on it.
2: what's the 30 percent, 50 percent?
1: usually 50 50 40, 40 just to just to well, just most
2: to... pro most projects are like 1.2 just for the irrigation system yeah. and 18 holes yeah whoa <laughs> yeah that's pretty normal <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: i love it. you guys are such a mavericks. you're like no no we don't you don't you keep that money let's make this let's do it this way let's make it better that's a it. big part of it it sounds it like. It wasn't
1: about us it was about the community and that's going back to the mission statement going this is a community park so you know we never felt right about you know running them through the running them through the you know the the, the, the whatever you want to call it to, to profit it was, wasn't really about us making making a ton of money and then going on to the next project we really wanted to prove because it was crazy in the industry at that time everyone was talking about you know golf needs to change it's something needs to happen it needs you know it's not growing it's the participation's you know shrinking uh it takes too long it's too expensive it's you know there's there's gate their gates they're private they're elite. you know you go through the list right and we're like Let's go through every one of those gripes and try to figure out how to do the opposite, right? And so that's what we did. So there's yeah. no. That's why it's kind of cool. That, that's why that feeling you had that yeah. you're like, what is the feeling there? There's no fences.
0: I just realized it.
1: There's no fences. There's there's community. There's people walking their dogs. There's there's camaraderie. There's fellowship. There's that community fabric. Once again, there's no uh, disconnect between sidewalk, street, house, neighborhood, and golf. It's it's their front lawn, and that's the, that's the vibe I think that you're picking up on. I,
2: I think also too, and and we had so much fun building it, and all the guys that we were building and working together, and I think that sometimes, like we talk about it, like that gets into the DNA of that course. If the guys are having fun, then I think you just explained it because you picked it up because you're like, what is it? There's, yeah. there's something a little bit different here. These guys had fun. They took the little extra time to do the little contour there, ding, and it wasn't like rushed on to the next project.
1: Yeah. And the yeah. spirit of, yeah. of the, the good time we had building that yeah. place is infused in those features we were we we're having barbecues you know at work every day you know it was it was awesome we were, it was like effort, it was a big team effort and we all had a blast doing it. And I think that just uh, yeah. resonates in the final product. I mean,
2: part. our sight vehicle was a 1997 Cadillac DeVille with tinted <laughs> oh, <man>. windows. You <laughs> should have seen this thing. It was awesome.
1: With the laser level and stuff, all our all equipment the, in the back trunk. Oh, Amazing. And we yeah. just roll up in the winter park and there's this tinted out... Cadillac is so gangster
2: yeah the cops in in winter park kept on falling their car constantly because it had in transit stickers on the back They kept on kind of looking at it and then it'd roll into the golf course and park
1: (laughs) and that's part of it, too I mean we could have rented a vehicle for this project, which is normal, right? You just that's that's an expense That's a cost, you know, but we've we go well that Cadillac at that used car lot is half the price of what a rental is So let's just roll the dice and just buy the Cadillac, right? And so that was just part of the cost saving strategy of, of trying to make sure that we can put all the money into the golf, not into hotels and car rentals or whatever you need to, to, to pull this off. So we thought a little outside the box when it came to that kind of stuff
0: it's so cool. You know, I just, uh, you know, by the way, the statement about why don't you just get this bread? That's not me talking. That's, that's, oh, you know, oh, cause yeah, I, yeah. I give bread away all the time. <laughs> I, I burn it, I give it away, <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's something I love to do at my job is, uh, Oh, how few people can we do this with? How few materials can we actually make this work with? Um, and, and in a lot of ways, similar to the idea of the randomness, uh, of shaking it up. Like that's one of the things I usually look for is like, how can we, um, you know what's the simplest path to completion is that not the best but wait but, but the fence thing just blew my mind i realized it. that's what it is there's no fence and in a sense winter park is the biggest greenest sidewalk of any town on any planet well any earth but i don't know other planets but it's it's very it's very unusual in that sense it doesn't exist and 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 what's funny too is if you i've seen some cities that have these sort of um it's a mall, I guess is what they would call it. Like the flat piece of grass in between the road, like Broadway has it kind of, or some towns in Scotland have it, but that's different because that's almost like a, you know, it's an unnatural piece of grass. Like it's so flat. And it's like, they did some tests where they, where they found that people were happiest, that the place that people said that they were happiest, they described as essentially a, a meadow with rolling features, like not, not geometrically square. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's it. That's your, that's your guys' garden. That's winter park. It's like you're in your community, you're seeing people, you're saying hi from hundreds of yards away and, but you haven't left your, your, your
1: home. I mean, it's funny that you say that there's, I remember reading something about, you know, same idea. Where's your happy spot? Where, where are you comfortable? Right. And there, and uh, this guy's got this theory about uh, why we like parkland settings so much. And it, and he, he traces it back to the days when we're, you know, in the savannah, you know, as, as Neanderthals, where you had the ability for view underneath the canopy of the tree for prey or predators, but you had the protection of the canopy a little bit, which gave you that sense of, of, of comfort and, and enclosure. And there's a, there's a happy medium between, you know, too dense, right? And that's, that's what we call wilderness and woods, right? And that's why you know, you, look, you when they talk about the woods. You know, don't go too deep in the woods. It has this negative, dark connotation, right? Whereas we also don't like the open plains, uh, where where you don't feel like you, you your back's you know being protected by something, right? And so maybe golf can tap has tapped into a little bit of that. Maybe Winter Park has where you have that long vista through the under canopy understory of the trees, but yet you have that enclosed kind of comfort that that. Uh, that feeling of, of, of protection as well. So maybe that plays into that, that, that happiness theory too.
0: Third hole up there by the mm-hmm. green. It's a nice little spot.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: anything to add to that, Keith? I feel like maybe that was, that was pretty, that was, yeah, was that was, I'm glad we got that on a podcast. <laughs> got that locked in. Cause normally, like when Johns and I are normally talking about stuff, we're like, We have an idea book, you know, Uh, like put in an idea book, you know, you got to get that thing down and, and and before it just goes into the ether. So they get forgotten so quick. Yeah. You live on the third hall. No, uh, I, well, I live, uh, I live like 10 minutes away from 10 minutes. Yeah. 10 minutes away. So I thought you lived on the third hall. I wish I did. That's a bit expensive yeah, well, well, I mean, come on. I wish we, we would have invested in some yeah. real estate yeah. around Winter Park oh, when we yeah. first got started because, because that place is taken oh, off now. Yeah. I mean, you see the brand new condos. They're building along number yeah. eight. Yeah. And, and that's part of, because of the yeah. success of the golf course, someone bought another chunk of land to build more condos yeah. because the values of the house are yeah. just economic The economic
1: spinoff doesn't yeah. have to be you carving up the golf course to put the condos on. The condos that already you know, on the peripheral edge of the golf course, the value of those go up. So you're still getting the economic benefit. You don't have to necessarily, green space has a, a value, right? Yeah. And why not have a, an economic value to the green space too, which is green fees and some pins out there. Yeah.
0: So, Central Park, right? Yeah. It's expensive strip. Yeah.
2: Keith, yeah. um, what's your favorite spot on the property? Uh, standing up on the, the back of number two, the high mound that we built back there, mm-hmm. and then just looking out all, all around. I mean, every different angle. Yeah, it's just. It might be the highest point in Winter Park. <laughs> Twelve feet above sea level. Yeah. You built that for a reason. Yeah, uh, I mean, we 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 built that and shifted that over there just so we wouldn't see the pump house. <laughs> I think that's so interesting. You basically use your uh,
0: you know creativity to make it more beautiful, but also you you have certain requirements that you must abide. You have to pump water onto the golf course, but you don't want to make it ugly. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we're at now is that we can we can basically increase the visual enjoyment of a space and also create a sensible golf hole. And then they and you basically kill two birds with one stone.
2: Was that hard to do or was that actually very natural? I think that I mean that was really natural. Really, I think that that it all came together. We, we had extra fill, and we just planned it. And but number two did kind of, I when mean, we kind of look back, it was it was I think at that point when we were always so busy kind of looking down and looking at the stuff we were shaping, and it wasn't until we kind of got to two that we kind of were taking everything in. And kind of looking back at where we were at. Maybe we're. Maybe I was standing on that mound looking out, <laughs> looking at that point, and saying, "Man, this is really cool." But I think we both had that kind of like, "This is legit. This isn't just some nine-holer anymore. This is like we got something here really special." You and
1: know, we would we would go out of our way to take a different different route into the golf course every morning. Interesting. To look at it from a different angle with different light, because once again if it's a park we wanted we wanted to see what the uh the uh, the visual experience was for the traffic right it wasn't just for the golfer's view what's it like to crest over the the, the train tracks and see that bunker on five sort of thing what is the the experience for the commuter and um and so we, we 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 took the person on the train driving the by the person on and the train down yeah. the whole golf right. course yeah. you oh,
0: did you take the train
1: we did <laughs> but uh, we we uh, yeah
2: i didn't even think about the people on the train you guys have really gone deep into this and the then also yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, yeah. that whole area was blocked off they 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 didn't want to see the train tracks there was a fence well, a fence of trees the vegetation of vegetation and you, you couldn't even down. see we took them all down yeah. they were invasive uh, trees anyways and we yeah. opened up that view so the people from the train could see in and we could see the train because i i, I like trains have any have any commuting <laughs> golfers sent you to a thank you i'm sure you
1: Oh, uh, when we we're building it it was crazy we were, you know the the when it really started to become um you know we, we started to realize that that we we'd struck a chord with the uh, community as far as people commuting in and out and 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 that experience is you know they would stop as we're building those two bunkers on five, those 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 two fairway bunkers on the left, and people were coming over the train tracks and cresting. We were getting phone calls, and people from the community were like, it was it was a buzz. Like mm-hmm. and people were stopping and filming. People were hanging out their cars while driving, trying to film as they're passing it. Uh, people would stop and they would you know, thumbs up, give us honks, like it was crazy. It was like a, it was an interactive golf build with community people watching us every step of the way and like for instance they would leave that morning for work and they'd see us starting on that bunker and then by the time they're coming home there's a bunker there right and they would stop they're like what the heck does that That thing's awesome like keep up the good work both golfers
0: and non-golfers or oh. non-golfers
1: yeah. mostly really yeah they're just yeah. like this is like a this is looks like a community art mm-hmm.
0: Like a little Zen and, rock garden. Yeah. You
1: know, however, they wanted to see it. They, we enhanced the the visual aesthetic of their drive, and that you know whether they play golf or not, they appreciated that.
2: I think even one lady even said, "Well, this is what golf is like. I want to start playing. Yeah. I'm gonna start playing here at Winter Park, yeah. you know." And and that's 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 cool. Just by driving by and seeing what we we're doing. And, um, well, you know, one of the problems that I think golf faces
0: is that, um, you know, why would you think? Uh, it, it, it wouldn't make sense that a golf course is public if the fences are so high on the public courses yeah what yeah. is it for is it for a ball I don't think so balls go through those why is there fence insurance
1: Is it really insurance Probably probably liability vandalism or a golf ball <sighs> liability litigation all that kind of stuff runs the world now it's it's unfortunate you know if someone comes on their property and trips into a bunker all of a sudden the golf course is liable probably who knows I mean it's just like I don't know well. It's right? hard to talk
0: about some things like that. Johns, what's your favorite part of the property?
1: I would probably say sitting at the patio right at the clubhouse there and watching people tee off on one and putt on nine and just sitting there drinking a cold beer and listening to the conversations that's going on between the various groups and what's going on. I think that's one of the coolest parts about Winter Park is is to see the the, the variety and the demographic and the, the just the complete spectrum of person and golfer enjoying the space on their whatever level that might be for themselves and that's that's pretty neat so that's my favorite spot uh
0: what is that tree there is that an oak tree
1: uh the old tree on five the mayor's Isn't the mayor's there a
0: tree, tree right there on uh right between one and ten one and nine is there's, there a tree right there there's a couple yeah what kind of tree is it a big tree what kind of tree is there's it, is a, like there's camphor that's trees there's some tree. oak, oak yeah. trees and um yeah it's a really nice spot though with that tree you kind of get that vibe too of like
1: Oh, oh, right Show on the, the patio the... there. Yeah, 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 that's an oak. Yeah, oak, it's a live okay. oak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that'll oak. that'll get bigger. Yeah. yeah, that's what they call them. Apparently. Live oak. Yeah,
0: I like that. Um, it wasn't always called Winter Park. How did it start?
1: Like as far as it used to be, Winter Park Country Club, 1914 is, oh, the, name, is the number yeah. on your shirt. Yeah, yeah. So the so that this is part of the uh, the Florida Historic Golf Trail. This course has been uh, it's moved locations a few times, but the Country Club has been in existence since 1914. There's guys like Gene Sarazen and stuff. They'd played it like. I, I don't. We, had, we didn't get any photos of what the old course used to look like, sort of thing. But what Intentionally we're, or just. No, we searched. Yeah, just, we searched everywhere. Yeah. We went
2: to the history. We, we, yeah. we, we tried to go with a deep dive because we we're like, was there something here that was really cool yeah. that maybe got lost when someone said, oh, well, I know what's better for this golf course? Let's build this. So we, we wanted to make sure that when we weren't going to go put something back there that.
1: Yeah, maybe it didn't fit didn't like, fit. but usually yeah. it's like, well, let's you know, let's start mining some inspiration. Yeah. Let's yeah. see what the bunker style used to look like, or maybe there's a feature there that we're just like, that's too cool not to put back, sort of thing. So you just never know what you're gonna find. So that's usually the starting point, right. uh, mainly mainly to get context and inspiration. But um, the the golf course is kind of the remnants of the 18 hole golf course, and what you're seeing is pretty much the back nine. Uh, there's just a little bit of changes that kind of occurred. Uh, But for the most part, that's the back nine of the last iteration of the golf course. It used to go go down by the lake. and That's why the routing's a little funky, too. That's why the routing's funky, yeah. Interesting.
2: Uh,
0: It's not... uh, The name has changed, though. It's not a country club anymore. We we changed it to
2: just Winter Park. Winter Park Nine or Winter Park Park Golf Course. Well,
1: tell them about the sign you found in the the bushes there by 17. Oh, it was Winter Park Club or something like that, yeah. You found this old sign that had just been growing over, and it was just sitting in the bushes there and... uh, we're like, well, yeah. we got to go back to that, right? It's uh, not a country club. We didn't well, that, want it to be a yeah, country club. Yeah, that's what I think
2: everyone, when they're looking up, like Winter Park Country Club, like, can I come play? Yeah. Do I need to be a member? What's, you know, and yeah. so I was like, no. Nah, Should be go Winter Park Public Club? Yeah, public. Public club, I like Public that. only. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So. yeah, there's an optics issue when you call public course a yeah. country yeah. club, and, yeah. and I hope that we are squarely
2: moving away from mm-hmm. that. Well, then, then one guy was like, oh, well, we call it The Nine, you know?
1: Yeah. The Nine. The yeah. Nine. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was like, part of our research. Yeah, We're yeah. like, what What do you call this place? Yeah. When you're calling up your buddy and you're saying, I'm going to go play golf at, or do you want to go meet at? He's like, Winter Park Nine. I'm like, Boom. well, there's <laughs> the name of the place, right? Why don't we use what the locals call it? Because that's what this is. It's a local place. and So that's how Winter Park Nine came about.
0: Yeah. I love the idea of a park, you know, like Goat, uh, Goat Hill Park. Mm-hmm. John Ashford talks a lot about that was intentional, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, park is a, is a uh, if it's a municipal property, right, it, you know, really blew me away. I, I You guys, will, I want to make sure you listen to the conversation we have with Craig Kessler from the SCGA. The guy is like a fucking lightning rod. I mean, he's an interview in a bottle. Like, he just, mm-hmm. he blew, I didn't even, I literally be like, I was like, hi, Craig. And then 20 minutes later, I was like, second question. <laughs> but he talks about how well, you know, baseball diamonds don't make money. Barbecue areas don't make money. Why does a golf course all of a sudden need to make a ton of money? Yeah. Like it's here to serve the community as a park. And that idea of, of it of, uh, is really wonderful. We talk about Goat Hill Park, then we talk about Winter Park, and just how seamless the uh, ethos is built into whatever, each hole or the property or whatever.
1: But you don't have to pay to go to a baseball diamond or barbecue so well, the maintenance is lower yeah yeah but I, I hear you are saying it should be a community asset part of the Parks and Recreation Department
0: Got a lot of audio. We had a, we had a garbage truck before yeah. backing up. Now we have a weed whacker. Well, it's a leaf blower. It's a like, leaf blower. He yeah, knows. Yeah. Florida, yeah. knows. Florida, the leaf blowers. Florida, um, <laughs> the leaf blowers. Least favorite maintenance equipment. Go. <laughs> leaf blower.
1: Yeah. Leaf blower. Yeah. Got Def, it. Definitely I, leaf blower. Why? Because <laughs> they always do it in the morning. Like It's like, man, yeah. why okay. Why 7 a.m.? Like you're
2: trying to do a podcast. And it's like, oh, the guy come fires, on, what, what time yeah. is it right now? Like... It's
1: 4.10 p.m. 4.10. Why
2: is there a guy with a leaf blower at of 4.10? Yeah. It's a really good point.
0: Um, okay, last. We'll end on uh, the sixth hole and the ninth hole. Go. Okay, fine. Sixth hole to me. Actually, one of my favorite holes. I like the sixth hole, right? It's, it's, it's Is it a par four? Yep. yep. Is it... But it's not long enough to be a par four. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? None of the holes are. But you know what? That's Everybody, winter park. Yeah, yeah. It's all half pars yeah, out there. Yeah. That's why uh, people have yeah, trouble. They yeah. don't know how to play oh. half pars. Yeah. It's, it's so it's let's go through it. So first hole, uh, two, uh, 210? No. No, it's more than that. But 220? 260?
1: 240? 240, 240, 240, 240, yeah.
0: 240, par four. Yeah. Second hole, one of my favorite holes. It's like a little over 100, par three. One thirty yeah. Third hole, 480? Yeah, yep, something like par that. Par five? Yeah. five. Yeah. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Three-wood, five-iron. I felt like a boss. Uh, the fourth hole, I mean, how do you even measure the yardage on the fourth hole? It takes a left turn.
1: Yeah, it depends how much you <laughs> cut that corner, right? But it's, that's probably the most proper yeah. golf hole out there as far as yardage goes. It's fun. Yeah. Have
0: you measured literally T to green as the crow flies?
1: We don't measure that. We don't care about the yardage as it is what it is, yeah. right?
0: Oh, wait. What do you mean you don't care about the yardage? Yeah. Are you about to blow my mind again? Go ahead. <laughs> it's not. It's not
1: uh, the yardage has yeah. no bearing on anything, yeah. right?
0: Okay, hang on. Yeah.
1: Say it was it, funny. We're playing. We're playing with a with a with a golf <laughs> pro there, and he kept looking for the yardage plates. Everyone was just and laughing, and I was mass-ness. loving it. What's yardage? Are oh, he's looking at the. No. Yeah.
2: Go swing the club, looking have fun. <laughs> Don't bring your laser, yeah. your range finder to Winter Park. Oh. I, I may have brought mine, but I'm a noob. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just a jerk. So we from play Hollywood. we
1: play a game where if you pull your laser out, it's a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's awesome, right? It's how much do you want to know that yardage, right? How much are you willing to give up? That is
0: funny. So at that point, would you rather be short or long? Probably short then.
1: Choose your choose your own, you know, medicine. It, that, that's the beauty about, it. I think, it, the navigation of a golf course. You know, you need to be able to, uh, you know, figure that golf course out with as little assistance as you possibly can have. And I think that's when you're going to get the most enjoyment out of executing an awesome shot. Because you're going, not only did I choose the right distance... You know, I was able to execute it and pull it off, and I didn't need anything other than yeah. my own head and, and and the club selection. So that's that's the that's the joy of golf.
0: Ah, uh, fascinating. I mean, I just like <laughs> <laughs> we need to unpack this in the car or something okay. later. Uh, so so, but anyway, uh, okay. So, <laughs> so the sixth hole, it's it's not a long hole, and but you talk about the sixth hole, not me. It's not so my hole. The,
1: the sixth hole started where we're like. Obviously, these trees are in the way of the golf hole, yeah. right? There's a forest in the way, right?
0: It's a par four that basically takes a dog leg right at the end. Yeah, yeah. 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 exactly, yeah. right? Yeah. With a, yeah. If you go
1: too far, the tr- there's the train yeah. tracks, right? Yeah. And, and and Where and, I was. Yeah, and it's and it was just the most awkward golf hole to be given and say, you know, here you go. The constraints, were, there was nothing we could do with it other than take the trees down or whatever. Yeah. And the and locals it, called it Sherwood Forest because if you try to hit over it, you're sure to hit wood. And so we're like, oh, there's I a, hit a railroad try, which is what we're <laughs> yeah. like. So you've, you've named, you named this it. place. Yeah. So then it's like, yeah. all right, yeah. this is part of the fabric. We cannot touch it.
2: Oh, because you were considering wow. knocking down those like there, 30 there, trees. There, or or there or was like. a point when we were looking at that because mm-hmm. we said, hey, this might make a cool waste area, bunker area or something like that. Oh, yeah. And it could be something really a cool feature. But then once we found kind of the the oh. the roots of what people called it and, and, yeah. and then and what yeah. people loved. we're like. Well, "No." To- goes back
1: to the less is more thing. Don't touch. Don't put spice on it sort of thing. So we sat there on the sidewalk (laughs) and watched people experience that golf hole. Because we're like, well, let's see how people are playing this thing. Like This is weird, right? And it was all over the map. Some guys were going right. Some guys were trying to go over. Some guys were going left. And we're like watching them choose their clubs on the tee. was such a fascinating uh, experience for us to go. I've never seen a golf hole make more people think about what club they're pulling out of their bag. Yeah. Let's keep it. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of how that started.
0: So five is this sort of, it's a, it's a, it's a me, I'm going to try not to use yardages because you guys shamed me, <laughs> but uh, five is a medium length par four. Um, you can hit driver and then have a wedge and on the, and the left of five is a road right behind the tee box of five is the railroad. And on the right of the fifth fairway is this Sherwood forest that I found stunning. I loved it. To yeah. me, it was an unusual part of the property that was unique to the series. Yeah. The middle three if you will or whatever yeah, yeah. and then you you flip back around on six and you double back up you've got now the sherwood Forest on your right and basically the hole goes straight out and then you need to take a right turn like 50 yards out and i stood on that tee box and i was just damn excited mm-hmm. i saw so many shots yeah. first shot i saw and gary williams talked me out of it the jerk for, I, he's not a jerk, he's a great guy, but I was a little bit, I was annoyed because I, no, not Gary, I was playing with my partner, Izzy. Izzy talked me out of it. I wanted to hit a low squeaking four iron under the tree. <laughs> yeah, that would
1: have been awesome. <laughs> and I wanted to
0: roll it up on the green yeah. under the tree, which yeah. is, and the tree's like 180 out. Like yeah. it's it's, it's a uh, low percentage shot. Totally. But, uh, and then, you know, ended up trying to cut a hybrid around the tree. Uh, but it just seemed like, after you play there for dozens of years, sixth would be the, the sixth hole would be the the mad love affair that you're like, this is the hole that's the most puzzling.
1: Yeah, and that's it. And, that, and the, you know, another reason why you know pars and the half pars and the yardages and stuff didn't matter when we we're doing this. A, we couldn't extend anything. Right?
0: Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every tee is basically on a street corner. Yeah,
1: exactly. And we we pushed that out to the max as best we could. But um, you know, the purpose of the golf course was was a match play venue essentially. We wanted to get stroke play out of the conversation. We wanted people to come up with games to play amongst their peers or their you know, with their friends so that um, you know it wasn't about a, a number. It was about competition. So if I drove the green on six and mm-hmm. we're playing match play, you have to go for it, you right? That's kind of how it works, and that's kind of the fun part about what, what we're trying to achieve out there.
0: I was lucky enough to be on the ninth tee with uh, the venerable Jim Urbina. Uh, who was also a friend of the pod here. And uh, I love uh, being around a place with someone who knows about a place, whether it's a city or a restaurant or a plane or whatever. And so we're standing there with Jim on the tee, and I'm just like, I'm looking out on nine. And, of course, I think probably because Jim's there, I'm going to look at nine a little differently. And I'm looking out on nine, and you can see the clubhouse there, and there's, like, some building on the right. There's the putting course there. And, you know, I'm looking at nine, and I'm kind of like, huh this looks unusual. You know what I'm talking about? Why does nine look unusual? You know, as it from the T when you're looking at the green, do you know what I'm talking about? Does
1: it look unusual or feel awkward? (laughs) Both probably. probably (laughs) Well, I just,
0: I looked out there and I saw something that I was unfamiliar with, right? Which was the, uh, well, I guess, would you call it a fairway bunker? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's a fairway bunker. That's essentially not really in play. It's, it's, and it's almost like distracting because you're like, well, I'm not supposed to go over there, or am I? And it's got a very interesting, uh, you know, it's kind of like, um, it's like when you have a, get a plate of food and they put the garnish around the edge of it, and you're like, am I supposed to eat that?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> am, I, am I supposed to play with the bunker? No, but Jim explained the bunker to me, which I was fascinated by. Tell us. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, this is, I, I feel like this is, you more than me but I'll do what I'll, I'll just tell you what he told me' what yes, I mean and he basically said that um, you guys had uh, an area there that needed to be dealt with that was unsightly and uh, you you wanted to create some visual differentiation between a parking lot and what would become more of a parking lot to you know serve the users of the course and the, and the property so putting that bunker in there basically allowed you to solve multiple problems at once and it's not necessarily it was a hazard for play but it was more a feature that allowed you to create a more pleasant experience.
1: Yeah I mean it's a it's a visual cue. It's got a functional purpose as far as uh, protecting the parking lot and hopefully pulling the golfer a little bit to the left.
0: Oh, causing you to yeah, aim to a little aim further, further left. Yeah. Further to the left. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because if there was no bunker there, you might just lay up with a with like a six iron straight yeah, out.
1: Not only that, you just feel a little bit more confident on the tee, swing a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's just you need to have something out there to, to make, make you, you think, think a little bit. Whoa. But there's also
2: part of that. There's a little like hidden hidden unlock this area. If you play past that right bunker, it will feed you right into the green. <laughs> There's, there's so you play a secret between kicker teams, slope there, yeah. and, there and a, really? we we yeah, saw yeah. someone play it perfectly yeah, oh, the yeah, other day. Yeah, yeah.
1: And we saw him hit the shot, and I'm going, "That's gonna hit it just money." There's like a, just a a spot the size of this room that if you hit, it funnels right onto the green.
0: Yeah, it's like a video game
1: at this point. It's golf, right? It's like it's placement. Whoa! Um, so I mean that that's what we wanted to put out there. We wanted to give the shorter hitter, who has who's accurate, an advantage over the guy that can just bomb it, who's not accurate. And as soon as you start finding those kind of kicker slopes or those feeder slopes or those plateaus or those lies that are the spot that we intended for the shorter player to get to to gain an advantage, um, I think winter, it, all, a lot of Winter Park starts unlocking as yeah. far as these some of these angles. Because an, Winter Park, I think we really tried to ensure that the angles were one of the king strategies to the golf course. Like number one is, a, is an example That you know we had to pull the golfer away from the street a bit. Yeah. Right. And so what we did was we pushed the the tee closer to the road. Uh huh. As soon as you push the tee closer to the road, you're all of a sudden aiming further left. Yep. And then that bunker that's guarding the green gives you the same cue, where hey be left. Otherwise you've got to come up with some sort of flop shot to a skinny green. That's a really tough shot. It
2: opens up on the left. You can put it up on the left. But then we put the big bunker further to the left the big hitter that wants to get his driver on the first tee he's in there all the time. What was that?
1: Yeah. You notice what, how the bunker doesn't is even connect it to yeah. the green yeah. there? Oh yeah, when, it's not even connected. One? Yeah. The that's, one that's right no, the it's left. Like, People yeah. are like, that makes no sense. Yeah. And there's there's a reason for it. And it and and uh we're playing with the uh director of golf and uh and, and head pro from San Francisco Golf Club. Oh uh a- Ashley. Ashley, yeah and really he, nice guy. He's awesome. And uh he had a blast out there and he he hit this <laughs> beauty shot right for the pin he's a good it, player a really good player but it started fading a little bit left and because the green sh- goes sharp down to to the left yeah. it acts as a kicker as a, as a rebound ricochet feature to kick you into that bunker now you've got like a 30 yard <laughs> bunker shot to a green with another bunker on the there side. like you're in so he hit the shot and i saw it in the air and i said Uh-oh. i like keith watch this yeah, he's gonna kick into the bunker right and they're all thinking yeah, oh, you know, yeah. money boom, kicks into the bunker, they make a six. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes up to me, he's like, he's like, oh, you sneaky mugger. I can't believe you guys, you know, thought of that to get, you know, to get people like me to start thinking more strategically. All you have to do is hit a five iron or a six iron and place it out to the left, tack your way into that green, you'll walk away with par all the time. Because what did he do, he hit a three or a,
0: or a hybrid? A three
1: wood, yeah, and, yeah. and tried to try to overpower the green and, and end up getting a six. So that was kind of fun to see that those features that we built into there actually function and work the way that we envisioned them.
0: Uh, have you been to SFGC? Yep. What? Uh, that's great.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Th- we played. Uh, I played with um, a, a, another fellow Canadian. We actually played off the tenth tee. We started on number ten. I think there was some some ladies out in front, sort of thing. And the guys like, yeah, you're, you're probably better off just going to the back. I almost think the routing from the back gave us a, 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 an experience that uh, I'd be curious to know of other people who've played it multiple times. You know, you know what they thought about the flow and the rhythm of the course, starting from hole ten versus hole one. Um, but I love the place. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a masterful job. A very strategic golf course, beautiful setting. Had um, a ton of fun out there.
0: Tully probably has played it, it yeah. back to front. Yeah. Tully probably has some secrets about you know where Tillinghast may or may not be buried or something yeah, over there. Tully had a
1: lot of those secrets, I think. Yeah.
0: Um, what do you guys gather? Well, nah, let's not do that. Um, Okay, sort of winding up here, uh, I'm sure you were, were what, what was the experience like of having your mentors come out to Winter Park? Was that, was that were you, what was that like? It, was there a moment, what, did it
2: exist? Bill, Bill Corr uh, came out when we were in construction and, and walked the site
0: and, and I wait, mean- What's that like for you? I mean, are you guys friendly? Are you nervous? Are you like, uh, are, you, are you asking for advice? Are you worried he's gonna criticize you?
2: no i mean he just had a smile on his face he was he was really excited and seeing what we were doing and i mean like i said bill is one of the best people on this earth and he is a great mentor and he 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 wants us to succeed and he wants us to take what we've learned from him and, and and keep going with it and i think he saw what we were doing at winter park and he just had a big smile on his face and I, it's it's really hard to put into words what that meant to me because i mean for him to come out there and just give us a thumbs up and say that you guys are building some really cool stuff here and and
1: i don't know i mean and to see him you know <laughs> sometimes you walk a course i think it, uh, a guy like him and, and people in the industry uh, that think about golf course architecture and that are kind of you know it's ingrained in their in their uh, psyche like if you walk a course really quick when you're seeing it for the first time kind of tells you something that you know this this may be a bit of a hollow experience or maybe the architecture's not that good or maybe you know there's just no nuances there's no there's no layers to it there's you know and so it was really cool to watch him walk around our greens like three times you know and move on to the next and walk around the next thing three times i'm like yeah i'm like i don't know why he's going around this thing three times i hope it's for a positive reason but he just had this smile on his face and he's looking at different angles and that was kind of neat to see
0: yeah i mean we could the green structures are fascinating they're terrifying but it's fascinating i love them there's so many fun little spots and when you get there you feel great and when you're not you feel terrified When, and, you, when you haven't read it properly. when You know, I mean, it takes a few times to get to know it, which is the symbol, I yeah. think, of a great golf course. It's it's hard to play once and done, yeah. but it's fun yeah. for a lifetime.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I guess some of the listeners, too, we were the guys actually building everything there, too. So we were on the equipment shaping the greens and, and doing all that work. So we could really kind of challenge ourselves to build something really cool. I mean, a lot of times it, it would be, you know you send a set of plans in, and then you hope that the contractor kind of gets it right. I mean, we're there every day, just having having a blast building and on the ground, in the dirt.
1: But the constraints yeah. of the city, I think, uh, helped. And I'm not talking city constraints, I'm just talking the fact that we couldn't import and export material, right? We had to, we yeah. had, well, Oh, you need sand and stuff. Just well, More. just in just trucking logistics. You get dump trucks in there. Yeah, like it's the streets had to function, right? Like crossing the street with a dozer was crazy enough. Let alone imagine having a bunch of dump well, yeah, trucks. Cause you were
0: going to chew up the curb and shit.
1: Well, yeah, and so, but not only that, I couldn't, you know, if I'm over on with the dozer shaping six green, and Keith's like, you know, you didn't finish here on three. How do I get back to three? Right? How do you? How did you? Well, you, do that? you can't. You don't. You have to finish everything and, and follow the routing in sequence, just yeah. like you're playing it. So in we, your box, and then you the, can leave. In the exactly. Yeah. So so you you had to work in one box at a time and Whoa. balance the cotton fills the materials in there and haul it only internally. So that that constraint Whoa. gave us that randomness yeah. and inspiration to come up with some of these ideas, and it was a it was a byproduct of how much dirt we could and could not move.
0: That's sick. So you built like. Five little courses, or like yeah, four. It's kind of, kind of, of like what five. it felt like. You yeah. got one and nine, yeah. two and eight, yeah. five, six, seven, four and three. Yeah. That's yeah. nasty, dude. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we
1: had to make sure we were done with that yeah. piece of equipment before blocking traffic and crossing the road.
0: Um, okay, real quick, let's just go through the cast of characters. Obviously, Machinella is big on my list as far as you know, getting the word out. Of, you know, getting involved. Can we just? Can you guys just sort of, you know. Uh, walk through this sort of the the the, you got the academy award who you got to thank i just want to get that
2: you can start I,
1: i would say uh there's a fellow by the name of matt hegarty who works with the golf channel and he lives in in winter park as well and he's just one of those people that drove past the golf course every day and could see that the place had potential uh as far as a community asset goes and he was the one that really uh helped us navigate some of the politics and was a bit of a was a bit of a men- mentor and sounding board for us, uh, as far as um, you know, dealing with the city and 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 you know I think he deserves a ton of credit for for getting Winter Park off the ground.
0: And he's the one that brought Janella in, who found you guys. Janela brought you guys
2: in. Okay. And I mean Steve Leary, the yeah. mayor, yeah. to have the vision to like let us do our thing, and the city never got into our business. They're just like. Go build us something. I mean, that's how
1: about when the commissioner came up to us and patted us oh, on the back, yeah, he, said, yeah. he said, what I love about you guys is, you know, by the time the city finds a problem with what you're doing, you're long gone. You're already on the next section yeah, of the golf yeah. course. So they couldn't keep up because yeah. we we're working so, so fast. fast. Yeah. yeah,
2: You guys are limber and nimble. That's yeah, good. Exact, yeah. yeah, I think, too, I mean, you know, I really want to thank Christy, my wife, you know, for the time that, I mean, when we put our hearts and souls into this stuff, you know, it, it takes it takes us away from our family sometimes too. And she's been the biggest cheerleader for what I've been able to do. And, and it's, it's the support that you have at home makes it easy for what we do. And it's not, it's not, a lot of people say this building golf, it's glamorous, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm gone like two, 275 days a year sometimes. I mean, I'm on the road a lot. And so to have someone at home, that's just cheering you on and happy for you and, and excited for the successes that you have. And that's, that's it's a it's a big part of why I'm still doing what I'm doing. So
0: Well I really look forward to having you guys on again because whatever the next project is gonna be, I hope I'm able to be there with you, you know, uh, seeing it happen in front of my eyes because you
1: we'll, know, get, we'll get you involved. Why don't yeah. you hop on a dozer yeah. you ever shape I, a green? Yeah. <laughs> Let's get you on one.
0: <laughs> Randomness, right? You might have the most <laughs> random green. You know. You know, a few years ago someone asked me if I wanted to host a show, I said, Hell yeah. And now we're here, so do I wanna bulldoze the green? Hell yeah, let's go. Um, I really appreciate this guy's thank you so much for your time. Thank
2: you.